So good morning, everybody. Are you well this morning? Yes, you well? Yes, good, good. Everyone online, good to have you as have you here with us as well. As always, incredible privilege to be able to share God's word. Just if you ever come up here to preach, just a note, because I'm making a note to self here. Is I thought I was clever this morning, and some of my points that I really wanted to emphasize, I went and highlighted in yellow. <laughs> you can't see the words if they're in yellow. <laughs> So, that's funny. <laughs> so don't highlight in yellow. It doesn't work. Wonderful. So this morning, we are continuing our journey this morning. As you know, we were challenged a couple of weeks ago through prophetic word, through some apostolic input, where we were told that we need to move and relax. We're not moving physically, but we need to move church from being a friendly church and many of us, including myself, have experienced, church, have experienced Outlook Church as being a friendly church. But we need to move, folk, from being not just a friendly church to a church of friends. In other words, we do life together. We share life together. We have opportunity to speak into one another's lives. We are real with each other. We are friends. Not just a friendly church. We are still a friendly church, but we are, need to move to being a church of friends. And so we, we, we heard God. We felt that was a God word. And so we started this journey around, we're calling it a peck of salt. And I'm sure maybe you've been here in the last two weeks, so I don't want to necessarily waste too much time unpacking that. Suffice to say that a peck of salt, that over there that you see on the table, is an encouragement, friends, to spend time together. The theory is that we need to eat a whole lot of salt over a meal, over interaction, engaging with one another, and the more we get to do that, the more we will get to become friends. And so I trust that you have taken that to heart. I trust that you have extended your dining room table. I trust that you've invited people to meals, to coffees, to just a conversation where you are beginning to outwork what God is saying. Because remember, when God speaks to us, friends, as Outlook Church, it's not just to Brent. Or it's not just to the eldership team. Or it's not just to the first front row. It's to Every single one of us and every single one of you online who are considering yourself part of the Outlook family. He's speaking to you, ma'am, sir, in the back row. You are called to be a friend in this season to someone. And so we've had, this is the third week now. We've had two good weeks about learning how do we outwork this thing over looking at meals that Jesus had in the Bible. And so this week, I'm going to be looking at the third meal. And as I was looking at this, friends, I, I, I thought to myself, well, when we look at this, what was this meal about? Because we realize as we have been journeying now that a meal for Jesus was literally a ministry platform. It wasn't just an opportunity to care. And to swap some good stories and to talk about how well the, 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 the apostles did or didn't do. <laughs> it was a ministry platform. It was an opportunity to do kingdom. And I believe so much more of Jesus' ministry, friends, if we look for it, was Jesus was ministering through how he behaved and how he acted, what he modeled, as opposed to just what he said. Just what he said. 
Jesus was about the kingdom, friends. Jesus left heaven to come down to earth. He was on mission. And that is my key word this morning. Jesus was on mission, friends. Whether he was meeting over a table, whether he was meeting on the road, Jesus was always about the kingdom and on, the, and on mission, i.e. he was about the Father's business. Being on mission, friends, will lead us to always know more about Jesus. You've heard us talk about knowing Jesus and making him known. Guess where the best place is to outwork that? Who's ever been on one of our evangelism trips? Put your hand up. Anybody? Don't be shy. Put them put up high. Where do we best, friends, get to know about Jesus? On mission. Where do we best get to make Jesus known? On mission, friends. You will always know more about Jesus when you are on mission with him. We learn through working with Jesus. When Jesus is on mission, friends, he's about his father's business. And if you want to know more about him, we will always learn by working with Jesus as opposed to, friends, working for Jesus. So these are just a couple of mission statements. I encourage you, I encourage you, learn to work with Jesus. Learn to work with him. Musos on the stage, learn to work with Jesus. Preachers that are holding the mark, learn to work with Jesus. People that are serving in the church, learn to work with Jesus as opposed to learning to work for Jesus. They are not one and the same thing. They are different. When Jesus called his disciples, remember when he was walking next to the Sea of Galilee, when he was walking in the marketplace, when he was journeying, what was Jesus' call? To come and? To come and? Help me here. To come and? Excuse me? Follow me. Our primary call, friends, in this right now is to follow Jesus, is to be with him. Be with him. Be with him in the marketplace. Be with him in your job. Be with him in your marriage. Be with him in your, in, in your personal relationship with him. Be with Jesus. That has not changed, friends. And so as we journey on mission with Jesus, we get to know more about him, we get to know more about ourselves, and we get to know more about what he's doing. Our table this morning, the invitation to come and sit around here is to come and sit at a table of mission. And so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures and then we're going to just unpack a couple of things. But before we do that, can we pray? So Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you this morning, Heavenly Father, that you're at work. And we're going to see that. I thank you that as was prayed even earlier this morning, you complete that, that work that you have started, Father. And so wherever we are individually in our journey with you, wherever we are corporately at this point in time with our journey, in our journey with you, I pray, Father, that we would journey faithfully and that we would journey in obedience. And I thank you that you are completing the work that is being done in our lives. 
pray this in Jesus' name. Wonderful. So friends, there are two key revelations that I'd love for us to catch today. And then we're going to look at the meal that Jesus had. God is always, he always sees more than we do. God always sees more than we do, friends. He sees a bigger perspective. He sees a better plan. He sees a brighter picture. He sees a more fulfilling promise. He sees a greater potential. And I'm sure if you allow yourself, you can add a whole lot of other P's to that list. But God always sees more than we do. So hang on to that, please. That statement. God sees more than we do. The one that flows from that is because God sees more than we do, God does more than we do, friends. Because he sees more than we do, he does more than we do. We think that Jesus is about doing this or achieving that or achieving the next thing. But because he sees more, he does more in our lives. Because he sees more, he does more in the church. Because he sees more, he does more in our city, in our region, and in our country, friends. God is always about the business of seeing more and doing more when he's on mission. And we get to mission with him, friends. We see this in John 6. We're going to be looking at the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, but I would love to share just a snippet or a, a verse out of the feeding the 5,000 version or story in John. John 6. Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And this verse, friends, if you haven't underlined this verse in your Bible, take your pen out now and underline it right now this morning. It says he was testing Philip for he already knew what it was that he was going to do. God sees more, and because he sees more, he does more, friends. Feeding the 5,000, he set Philip up asking a question. And it says he asked that question already knowing what it was that he was going to do. God sees more, and he does more, friends. So then let's look at the meal that we're going to be studying this morning. If you turn to the book of Luke, it's once again Luke's story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And we're going to read from verses 10 to verses 17. Luke 9, 10 to 17. It says, When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything that they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them towards the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing, 
nooks, luto. There is nothing for them to eat in this remote place. Remember John 6 verse 5? Jesus set Philip up by asking him a question. This verse here, Luke 9.13, is the statement that Jesus makes to set the disciples up, and we'll see how. Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. Jesus replied to them, sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 basket loaves, 12 basket loaves. Friends, so we see this is a slightly different meal. This is not a meal of Jesus feeding one or two or maybe the 10 or 12 or a a, a small crowd. This is a meal where Jesus is feeding 5,000 friends. But we see that, once again, the method that Jesus takes. You see, he could have made this meal about himself. He could have made this meal that he was the man. But yet, friends, he works together with the disciples. He works together. This story doesn't tell it, but the John 6 or the Matthew version says that he worked together with a little boy. A little boy who brought what? Five loaves, two fish. Five loaves, two fish. Jesus worked with others, friends. He did not take center stage. He modeled the kingdom. He modeled how it needs to be done. To have a meal with Jesus was to have a front row seat of seeing Jesus on mission, friends. As I said, Jesus taught so much more than words alone. It was through actions and through deeds and through methods that Jesus taught, friends, how the kingdom works. And I believe, friends, as those that are called to be on mission with Jesus, that we need to have these meals as well. So why is this important? Why is it important, friends, to realize that in this world we are on mission? We are on mission. You've heard Scott pray it this morning. Right now, This church is fulfilling, friends, its apostolic mission. Brent is down in PE later this week, going down to Plet to fulfill the call, not on just, not on his life, but on the life of Outlook Church. In a couple of weeks' time, I, I, the last I chatted to Tiens and Marilise, they are heading up to the far reaches of northern KZN, friends. And I think they mentioned, if I remember correctly, the group was like up to 75 folk that are going up to Jusini area, not just from Outlook Church. Sorry? They leave tomorrow. 
not just from Outlook Church, but from churches represented across Richard's Bay, friends. We are called to be on mission. Why is this important? As I said, we learn more about Jesus and we become more like Jesus by working with him as opposed to working for him, friends. You know, when we were still in the, in the school hall, I can remember way back when Brent was first starting to travel into Brazil. And there was an opportunity, friends, for us to join him. But it wasn't just Nikki and I. I think there were a group of about 10 or 12 of us out of a church that might have been about 50 or 60 or 70 strong friends. 10 or 12 of us that went across to Brazil with Brent, not knowing what we were doing, thinking we were going there to Joel, not knowing what this thing is about, but actually realizing that when we got there, friends, there was opportunity over meals, over a braai, over uh, uh, meeting times, to be able to be on mission, friends. Did we go knowing what we were doing? No. Did we know being trained up? No. But all we did, friends, is we were there. We were there, working with Jesus, working with him, not for him. Unqualified, unschooled, but yet being with Jesus, friends. You see, if you go back, I always like to try and take things back and understand what is the heart, the heart of the Father. If you go back, friends, and I'm sure you've read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, the creation story, you see there that man is invited to be part of the creation process, working with the Father, creating. And then we see, unfortunately, through foolishness and through very poor decisions and being deceived, we see at the end of Genesis 2 where things change. The original intent that God had changed in Genesis 3. Because if you go and read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, you see a language that speaks about an invitation to be part of. Come and work with me. Come and name these things. Come and rule. Come and reign. Come and govern. Come and multiply. Come and fill the earth. And then you go and read the language of Genesis 3, friends. And all of a sudden, post-sin, you see that Jesus speaks to Adam. And he says, by the sweat of your brow, you will work for a living. Ma'am, where you were initially encouraged to multiply, you will now work to give birth. You see how things change, friends. Genesis 1, Genesis 2, God's saying, come work with me. Genesis 3, after the introduction of sin, God says, you are now going to work for things. But we know that there is an incredible redemption story right through Scripture. Right through Scripture. From that point, right up until the cross, where God had a restor restorative plan, where he said, okay, 
I am now going to work to bring you back to a place where you don't need to work. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus, to the cross. We didn't have to die on the cross. We didn't have to shed our blood. Jesus on the cross, friends, worked, fought the good fight. If there is any way, Father, that this cup can pass from me, let it go. But not my will, your will be done. Jesus on his knees, doing the work, going to the cross, fulfilling complete obedience. So that we could be restored back into the Genesis 1, Genesis 2 plan. I hope we see it, friends. I hope we see it. Working with Jesus as opposed to working for Jesus. When we begin to understand, friends, what God is doing, and we choose to work with him, we then step into the role that the Bible speaks about being sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. Not servants. John 15, Len, this is where these scriptures were meant to come in, but don't worry about it. Don't bring them up. John 15, it speaks about that as a servant, a servant does not know what the Father is doing. But we are no longer called servants. We are called friends. We get to know. And I love the fact that, friends, that, that you know, this morning, uh, coming to, driving to church this morning, I was saying, thank you, Lord, that I am your friend. And I felt God say, thank me, thank me that you, Lord, are my friend. You see, so often, friends, I was like, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Father, for this. Thank you that you have done this for me. But we need to reverse that as well, friends. So why is it important and why do we need to know that? Because, friends, we get to work with God and we get to be sons, true sons and daughters when we understand we're working with them. So now let's take this and make it really practical. We've got a couple of minutes and then I need to land this. Let's make it really practical, friends, about how do we go on mission with Jesus? Whether it's over a table, whether it's to Brazil, whether it's to Jocini, whether it's to the the, the, the conversation at the coffee machine at work. How do you go on mission with Jesus? Well, Jesus said, I already know what it is that I'm doing. I already know what it is that I'm doing. Can I encourage you then? The obvious thing is ask Jesus, what are you doing? It sounds so obvious. But it is so groundbreaking. What are you doing, Jesus, in this situation? What is it that you're looking to accomplish? Feeding the 5,000 was so much more than just feeding 5,000 hungry tummies. It was so much more. Otherwise, we would not be preaching about it 2,000 years later, friends. 
Jesus was at work in the life of the apostles. He was at work in their community. He was at work in communities 2,000 years later. Jesus knew what he was doing. Isn't it worth asking then? What are you doing? Because maybe that thing that you think Jesus is doing, he's not doing. Surprise. Or, like I said earlier, Jesus sees more. So what you think Jesus is doing, he's doing, but he's doing so much more. And that's where the joy comes about working with Jesus. Ask Jesus what he is doing. We read in Luke 9, 13, Jesus said, Grace, you feed them. You feed them. Now honestly, for me, this is the one that I probably grapple with the most. Because immediately I go, but Lord, I don't have the time. Lord, I can't meet with this person. Where in the, where in the week am I going to find the time to meet with Tani Sophie because she wants to talk about something? I don't have the time. It's, incon- it's inconvenient. Make the time, friends. Jesus says, hear it. He says, you feed them. How do we make it practical? Well, not only do we see Jesus directly addressing the apostles in terms of, yes, I know I can do this, but you feed them. But then we see the apostles' response, friends. And they, 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 they disclose their heart in two ways. In their response in Luke 9, 13. Firstly, they say, but we don't have the means. We only have Five loaves and two fish. But not only do they talk about not having the means, but they also, friends, reveal some of the, 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 the position of their heart, for the lack of a better description. Because if you go and read that, it says, their words, and you expect us, Marianne, you expect us, Jesus, to go and feed them? You see, friends, they had just come back from a ministry trip. That's why the, the book of the, the, that chapter, verse, chapter, verse 10, it starts off, and when they returned. And on their ministry trip, they had been doing incredible things, healing the sick, casting out demons, opening blind eyes, deaf ears. If you read in other epistles, it says they come back with this report of, Lord, Lord, even the demons submit to us. Coming back like, yo, we're doing this thing, Lord. And then he says, okay, now you go and serve the people. Us? Surely not, Lord. You see, the story of that day, friends, is, this, is if you were having a meal, you were served. You were served. They were servants. To serve the meal. Doesn't matter at which level of you find yourself in society. There were those that served you. And all of a sudden, Jesus already knew what it was he was doing. Finger on their heart, going, This attitude of yours, uh uh-uh. uh, walk in humility. Recognize the limitations that you and I have, friends. Recognize our own challenges. And let's deal with that stuff. We see then as well that the five loaves and the two fish 
went from where? They went from their hands to Jesus' hands. Take what you have and put it in his hands. At the end of the day, he is the miracle worker, friends. You know, so often we want to hold on and we want to say, Lord, I've got this. I can do this. You know, this, this thing that you're asking me to do, I am capable. I am able. As Granny Smiler reminded us so wonderfully on Thursday morning, is it's when the five loaves and the two fish were in Jesus' hands that the multiplication took place. The disciples were called to just distribute it. But it was in Jesus' hands. And then understand, the story finishes or friends. It says they ate as much as they wanted and there were leftovers. They ate as much as they wanted and there were leftovers. Remember, we're talking about being on mission with Jesus. Jesus will not only meet your immediate need or the need of those around you. He will do so much more than that, friends. As much as you want, Jesus can meet. They ate as much as they wanted. Being on mission with Jesus, friends, him knowing what he wants to do, he will always exceed our expectations, and there will always be leftovers. We, ex- we think we're going to meet one need, and Jesus says, I won't just meet that need. I will meet many needs through what you are doing. So won't you stand with me, please? Friends, this morning, our table that we're looking at is a table of mission. And the encouragement is, as, as you go, you grow. As you go, you grow. I was praying this, this morning, driving to church, and I felt God say this. There are folk here this morning that are battling with different things. It can be many things, I'm not, not one specific thing. And your possible remedy this morning is actually Jesus just wants you to go. Jesus sees more and does more. Accept that. Accept that. And so as you need something in your life, friends, whatever that fill in the space, as you need that need to be met, my encouragement to you is as you go, as you go, I believe Jesus will meet that need. Now, what that means to you in terms of as you go, you need to work that out with Jesus. I'm not telling you what you're called to do. You need to go to Jesus and say, Lord, what is it that you are doing? My encouragement to you this morning is as you respond and step out in obedience to that, Jesus is going to work. And so, Father, this morning, I thank you. Your word tells us that you're always at work. Always at work. Always working.
I thank you that Jesus, you said that I too am working and that I know what it is that I'm wanting to accomplish and wanting to do. And so I pray this morning for those of us that are here, those of us that are online this morning, I pray that we would be able to step in, step in to that lane where you are working, Heavenly Father. Would you come and continue your work in us? In whatever the context or situation is. But I thank you that, Lord, as you work in us, you bring us to a place where we, you are then able to work through us. And ultimately, I thank you that that is your call. To be with you on mission. To become more like Jesus because we are on mission with him. To get to know more about ourselves because we are on mission with Jesus. To get to know more about Jesus because we are on mission with Jesus. Thank you that as we saw modeled in the, in, in, in the, in the New Testament... That Jesus, you modeled how it should be done. I thank you that we too can do that. The invitation is extended to each and every one of us. And so I pray this morning, work in us and work through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.